Hello, this is the Unexpected Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Brooks. I'm a speech language pathologist who found herself unexpectedly expecting. Tune in as I update you week by week along my pregnancy journey. Episodes will also feature chats with new and expecting moms. So let's get into it. This is eight weeks pregnant and I'm getting married. All right, so I've been engaged for a year and my wedding has been planned probably for uh, eight months. And then, well, it was planned for maybe five months and then a pandemic happened. So I don't remember all the dates, but let's say I got engaged September 8th, 2019. I think I had my wedding dress by November, 2019. Um, And the plan for our wedding was September 18th, 2020. And that all seemed semi-possible because in the spring, I think everyone had the mindset that by fall, everything with COVID would be back to normal, but it wasn't. So originally we had planned to get married at Dumbo Loft and Jane's Carousel in Brooklyn. Instead, we are now getting married at uh, a townhouse in Bushwick. It's five blocks from our current apartment. It's lovely. And I'm really, really excited. Um, Before we talk more about my wedding, let's talk about being eight weeks pregnant and what anybody can expect at this stage of the game. Okay, so according to what to expect when you're expecting eight weeks, your baby is growing up a storm this week, measuring about a half to two-thirds of an inch or about the size of a large raspberry. And that sweet little raspberry of yours is looking less reptilian and more human, happily. And his or her lips, eyelids, legs, and back continue to take shape. And though it's still too early to hear from the outside, your baby's heart is beating at the incredible rate of 150 to 170 times per minute. That's about twice as fast as your heart beats. Something else new this week, your baby is making spontaneous movements, twitches of the trunk and limbs, Uh, Way too tiny for you to feel, but it's happening. What symptoms can you expect this month? Well, since every pregnancy is different, you may experience all of the following symptoms or maybe just a few. Don't be surprised if you don't feel pregnant yet, no matter what your symptoms or lack of symptoms are. So I am somebody who falls in the category of lack of symptoms. And sometimes it gets me very worried. But I just try to think of all the people who tell me that I'm lucky to feel the way I do. Um, But it does give me paranoia. So some typical symptoms would be fatigue, lack of energy, sleepiness, frequent urination, nausea, without vomiting or with vomiting, excessive saliva, constipation, heartburn, indigestion, flatulence, (laughs) uh, food aversions and cravings, lots of breast changes. Um, Definitely experiencing that, occasional headaches, and um, rounding of the belly. Emotionally, you might have ups and downs, and uh, yeah, things like that. So, like I said, I have very little symptoms, but 
my boobs are out of control and they've already been out of control my whole life so um this is stressful because like I mentioned I'm getting married this week and um I am concerned about one my dress fitting and then two my dress looking good once somebody finally gets me zipped into it uh but I suppose it will be fine I mean everything is going to be the way it is so I can't really get hung up on all that but I am very excited I really don't mind not being able to drink I don't miss it or anything and I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything by not drinking and honestly I want to say generously 70% of the time I don't like myself when I drink I talk too much I can be emotional um, I like wake up the next day thinking like, Ugh, why didn't I shut up? Um, so I don't care <laughs> that I can't drink. I do think it's funny how often people are like, oh, you can have a sip. It's fine. You want to try my drink? And I'm like, no, because I wasn't somebody who just loved the taste of alcohol and liked to take a sip. If I ordered a drink, I wanted a vodka soda which is like tasteless and gets you drunk so um now that I can't do that I just don't see the point in drinking at all I don't I don't mind um but I don't feel like it takes away from any of the fun it is funny to look at drunk people when you're not drunk though So in this episode, I surprised my very good friend, Aislinn. She thinks that she's going to be on my SLP's Wine and Cheese podcast. Um, She's a dog trainer. And so I ask her all sorts of questions about getting my dog's baby ready. Um, So here it is. Enjoy. Oh, and welcome. This is actually the unexpected podcast, and I tricked my guest, Aislinn, who Uh-oh. thought she was on my SLP's Wine and Cheese podcast, <laughs> but she's not because she doesn't know that I'm pregnant. <gasps> oh my God, you are! <laughs> Congratulations! Oh, yeah. No wonder why you want these questions. I was going to ask that. <laughs> yeah, so there was our unexpected element this evening. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so exciting! Congratulations! Yeah. Oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So maybe I will put this actually on both of them, like just be like, "Hey, check out the other podcast that I'm doing." Whatever. Um, your boat. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So Aislinn does have wine. I don't. I have water. Um, <laughs> yes. So no, we need wine. Tell me about your wine. <laughs> You have <laughs> my wine. <laughs> you better have wine. Well, I guess technically you can, whatever. Uh, hey, you can, you can have like, you can drink like a European adult, not yeah. like an American frat boy, but like all of us do. <laughs> right. So it's like, what's the point? I don't, I don't, <laughs> um, I want to drink like a frat boy. <laughs> I have Tomasello wine. It's Rainier Red or Rainier Red. I don't know how you say it, but. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, it's called a table wine, a blush table wine, I guess. It's pretty sweet. I drink it once in a while because I like the drier wines, but every once in a while I like this. So, Yeah, I hear that for once in a while for a, dry, a sweet, but yeah. typically I like the drier wines. Yeah, and they're in Hamilton, New Jersey, so they're about like 20 minutes from me. There's so, oh. I, I think I told you before, there's so many wineries around here, like you can never get enough. 
yeah, once once I get this baby all <laughs> done, then I'll have to go out there. I mean, are the wineries still open during COVID? Yep. Yeah, everything's nice, open. Because it's all outdoors anyway, right? Yeah, you just got to, most have heaters outside and everything, but you just mm -hmm. kind of have to brave the wind or rain or whatever, so. Right. That I'm makes sorry. sense. When are you due? Um, April 30th. Yay, so yes. Wait, <laughs> a Gemini? No, Taurus. Taurus, yeah. 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 You're, you're a Gemini, right? I'm a Cancer, so you're, off by. Are you July or June? I'm trying July to 12th, okay. yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. And Mike is the cusp. He's June 21st, so oh. he's Cancer Gemini. That's he is both, I think. Yeah. I, I believe in it all and to an extent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know too much, but whenever I hear stuff, I'm like, hmm, like <laughs> multiple personalities and emotional. I think that might be my first thing. <laughs> You're like, That's pretty spot on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so um, for, thanks for doing this show. No problem. <laughs> so Aislinn and I have known each other for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and now she is the owner, founder of um, Ace of Paws Dog Training. Yeah. Um, and we are going to talk all about whatever I need to know and what anyone needs to know. Also, some other bonus questions down here that could be, because lots of people, so what I want to know First, I'll say the questions, then we'll go back to the beginning. We're going to find out how should you introduce your family dog to a newborn baby? What are the steps that should be taken? Yeah. How should you introduce a new puppy to a family with children? And how should you introduce an adopted adult dog and get them used to a family with children? What should you look for, out for and what questions you should ask before adopting? Yeah. Okay. So I feel like lots of people, I'm in some pregnancy groups on Facebook and I've seen lots of people post like, oh, I really like always had a family dog and I want my kids to have a dog. So maybe I should get one now while pregnant or maybe I should wait until the baby's born. What would be your feedback on that question there? Uh, I, it's hard because while obviously somebody's pregnant, you have all this new chapter of life prepping. Yeah. And a lot of people do get a puppy during that time, but they just have to prepare themselves for how overwhelming it can be. Mm -hmm. I compare having a puppy to a toddler without a diaper. So it's right. yeah. <laughs> good prep for baby, but then you have to be prepared to basically have two babies in the house because you're only pregnant for nine months. So it's going to happen pretty quickly. Like Right. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of clients do get them while they're pregnant so that it's not, boom, I have a newborn and a puppy. Right. Um, so that they have time to get the dog into a good rhythm. So I probably would recommend if they can while they're pregnant or once their baby's like one or two years old, because otherwise right. I've seen a lot of clients very overwhelmed with newborn and brand new puppy. That's a lot. Yeah. That, that I couldn't imagine. I would, yeah, like I would think maybe early on, very yeah. early on or- yeah after a year what's easiest from from what I would feel yeah for sure so I have um a almost three-year-old Oripe and an almost 14-year-old Yorkie um and I'm due in April so by then they'll be three and 14 what should I do to introduce both of my dogs to my newborn baby so baby prep you actually want to start months 
and months and months in advance. Oh, okay, um, good. Well, but, yeah, <laughs> you're getting a good start. <laughs> okay. Uh-oh. Um, and it sounds funny, but you want to desensitize them to the process of having a child in the house. Now, one of the hardest things is these are your babies now. Mm-hmm. And they're so used to getting attention 24 seven. But when the baby comes, they take priority over our animals. And I hate to say that, but it's mm-hmm. just how it goes. Right. And so you need to start acting as if there's already a baby in the house. So for example, that being, if you have the infant in your arms and you're going to change them on the couch, you don't want the dogs jumping all over the couch, potentially scratching the baby, jumping mm-hmm. on their head, whatever it might be. So what we do, we actually have baby prep courses that we do with our clients and we have a baby doll that's either lifelike or makes lifelike noises, or if they don't make noises, um, (laughs) there's actually a lot of, this is awful, but it's great for training, screaming videos of babies crying on YouTube. Oh, okay. I'll I'll tell Mike about that. Don't get (laughs) (laughs) like that. And we basically carry the baby doll around have the YouTube video playing of the baby just crying on loop, but you mm-hmm. want to start at a low volume, depending okay. on the dog, because if they, if it's a high volume and they're sound sensitive, it can be basically flooding them with these weird sounds that they're not used to. And it almost make their senses shut down. Mm-hmm. So you want to start at a very low volume, carry the baby around, teach the dogs to do a down and stay before you put the baby on the couch to change them. Okay. Tricky. Um, not all of our clients love their dogs on their furniture. I do have my dog on my furniture, so it will be an adjustment if, and when I get pregnant one day, mm-hmm. um, but it's important to teach your dog boundaries about not being able to jump up whenever they want to. Okay. Um, same thing with changing, you know, changing table. You don't want them jumping up there. Um, I know your little Yorkie isn't going to reach the changing no. table. But... He's not, he can't even get on the couch. No. <laughs> no. No, he, you have to pick him up. And okay. Frankie likes one part of the couch. Okay. So I'm, I guess like I would just avoid that. It doesn't even seem like the most convenient place to change a baby because it's like the end of the um, chaise lounge part okay. of the yeah. couch. Yeah. I would see myself turning sideways and probably going right on the other end. Um, but still, yeah. good to know. That, um, you also want to start desensitizing them again with a baby doll. Um, and if Mm -hmm. you have any friends or family with small infants that have a blanket that they can loan you for the smell, because you can wrap the baby doll in it, but desensitizing them to stroller walks too, teaching them the leash walk with the stroller. Cause otherwise. Okay. So I should get my stroller sooner then. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's just about like even, and it sounds funny, but walking around the house with the baby doll literally like slinged onto you or in your arms because you're not going to have two free arms to pet your dogs all the time. Mm-hmm. So the hardest part about withdrawing all the attention that you give them 24 seven, it has to be almost structured of like, okay, when the baby's napping, that's when you're going to give them attention, which mm-hmm. might be for short periods throughout the day. Right. Cause I might be napping. Right. Exactly. So it's, yeah. it's a big adjustment for a lot of people, but you want to start many months in advance prior to, and I can send you articles on this too. So you have it all written down. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so then after doing all of this desensitization prep and now it's the day maybe, okay. So maybe now it's the day the baby's been born. Should Mike go home and bring something that the baby wore? Yes. Bring the blanket, bring the onesie, let them smell it, let them check it out. 
when you do bring the baby actually home, you want to mm -hmm. make sure that the baby's feet aren't dangling out of its swaddle or anything, because a lot mm -hmm. of dogs can just think that's like a toy automatically. Okay. And you just kind of want to let them slowly sniff them. You obviously protect the baby's head and just make sure. Um, and you want to do slow introductions. A lot of people are like, boom, here's a baby. <laughs> like, right, yeah. And yeah. it really just depends on the dog's personality. If they're more skittish or nervous or timid, it's going to be a longer process. But if they're naturally a happy, bubbly baby, they'll usually be fine with the baby. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just kind of about knowing your dog, which you've had your babies for a little while now. So I'm sure yeah. really well. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Frankie gets really upset if, if like Mike is upset about anything. So I'm wondering what he will do when the baby cries. He won't want the baby to cry for sure. Yeah. Like and he then, always goes up to Mike and puts his paw on him if he well, yells or something. He just doesn't like it at all. Daddy, are you okay? No, <laughs> like, there is no being sad in this house. <laughs> and that's the thing too, with the baby crying when you're desensitizing them to it. I didn't mention this earlier, but you want to pair it with something high value to the dog. Mm -hmm. So while they hear the baby crying, it's really important to give them, it could be boiled chicken or pieces of cheese or something so that they associate the sound of the baby crying with emotional positivity instead of emotional stress. Okay. So that can help kind of make their association just happier. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Okay. And then, so when the baby comes in, just do s slow yeah. sniffs and Perfect. not like bam. Yes. And you want to make sure that you're also giving your dogs their private time away from the kids or away from the child with you. And it's mm -hmm. like the first child thing. Like when you have a first baby and then you bring the second baby in the house, the first baby's all of a sudden doing all this attention seeking behavior mm -hmm. and you want to make sure mom and dad still get time with their firstborn. So it's kind of similar to that. So it's important to them to also have time with you that isn't associated with the baby as well. Cause otherwise they can get jealous. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so then um how should you get a puppy introduced to a family with children I know they they're gonna nip a lot at yes. that age. yeah it can be a lot of a challenge um you want to depending on the age of the children you want to prepare them for the mouthing and whatnot and show them what to do um there's a lot of trainers out there that don't believe that children should be involved in training I disagree I think they should be involved to a point they shouldn't, any child under 10 should not be responsible for walking the dog or anything like that, but they should know the communication signals to ask the dog to sit, ask the dog stay, lay down so that the dog does listen and respond to them. Mm -hmm. um, but children are going to be children. Their energy is very high. Their arms flail. They're, they're impulsive and dogs see them more as litter mates than humans. Mm -hmm. So it can be very playful. So it's a lot for the owners to almost, we, we always say we referee with the kids. You have to do body blocking, teach the dog a good leave it cue, even as early as eight weeks old. Mm -hmm. So they know to leave the children alone when they're trying to like nip at them while they're running and whatnot. Right. Um, baby gates are your best friend. Play pens are your best friend. Because if you can't, Ideally, a child and a dog should never be unsupervised. And that's like rule number one with dog training with kids. Mm -hmm. um, even the happiest, friendliest family dog could have an ear infection brewing. And if a kid grabs its ear just innocently so, they're still an animal and they might snap. Mm -hmm. so right. It's a lot about supervision, refereeing, teaching the dog basic cues so that they listen. 
Okay. Yeah. So I didn't think so much about that. So even like this dog, like my dog's acclimated to my newborn baby, that doesn't guarantee anything over time. Yeah. You still have to keep up the obedience and make Mm -hmm. sure that like they have boundaries with each other, especially as your kids get older. Mm -hmm. Toddler phase. (laughs) Right. And then they're like pulling and. Yes. Should I be like rougher with my dog now or anything like it depends like so when they're really young puppies you do want to desensitize them to like having their ears played with their tail their paws being held and hugged yeah Um, but to an extent because some people will try to desensitize them to that and they'll hold on to their paws for a good 15 seconds they're like you have to like this if a kid does it you have to like it but that's almost torturous you want right. to it like short and sweet, like, oh, good job. Let me holding your paw. One, two, let it go. And then try again in an hour or whatever it might be. Um, yeah. It is about refereeing the kids though, too. So telling them like a lot of dogs don't like to be hugged. A lot of dogs don't like you towering over them. That's a very intimidating body posture mm-hmm. in the dog's world. Good thing I do that to Frankie though all the time. Yeah. Yeah, so he's probably <laughs> he's used to that. <laughs> I'm like a toddler when it comes to dogs, so I might <laughs> love me, please now. I yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm like okay. that. What's her name in Looney Tunes? Elmira. She, yeah, that's me. My mom calls me Elmira. All the time. <laughs> I like, squeeze you in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, get over here. Let right. me grab you by the cheek. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, so you have to know your dog. And I know that my dog can absolutely tolerate that. Um, but I'll still be sure that I'm vigilant and cautious as my baby gets older. Yeah. And it is about knowing your dog's body language too. And this even comes into play with like the third question about like with yeah. the adopted dog. If you want to ask that, I guess I'll touch on that with this question too. Yeah. So how should you get a new adopted adult dog used to a family with children? Because that is the route that is the most admirable. Like people yeah. don't like that I bought my dog, but you know what? I got him real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's not? <laughs> you have to wait too long. I have like, to wait. I have to answer all these questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, it can be very hit or miss. I've had a lot of people get um, a rescue dog and it just didn't work out with their children. And again, like as much of animal people that we are, those are your human babies and your human children. And a lot of people end up giving the dogs back because it really does have to be a good fit. Mm -hmm. um, for the family. So one, I always ask the rescue or the shelter, like what's their exposure to children? If they don't know because the dog's had a traumatic experience or just a stray or whatever. Um, I always recommend, and I really wish most shelters and rescues would do this is a sleepover process. Mm -hmm. Um, don't bully us. Rescue does that down here in South Jersey that they can, a family can take weeks, months to decide whether this dog fits their family and their lifestyle. And it's not like boom, I adopted a dog and now we have this dog and he's growling at my children. Right. Yeah. So I always recommend a sleepover process because it does take a new adult dog up to three months to really acclimate in their new environment. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's really about, again, slow and steady. Um, ideally I would have that dog meet the children outside, not within four walls where they feel closed and confined Mm -hmm. because if their history is unknown, they may have been tortured by children at one point or, never socialize with children and they look like little aliens to them. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you always want to do slow and steady. Um, you want to make sure that the kids have like high value items on them. It could be again chicken, cheese, anything that's like really yummy but not expecting the adult dog to take it from their hands because that can be intimidating, but just tossing it in their direction. Okay. And that would help the adult dog associate, oh my God, the best things come from these kids. I feel a little weird about them, but over time of doing that, they're going to be like, I get cheese every time this little rug rats around. This is awesome. Like, right. Okay. And throwing it. I like that tip. Yeah. yeah. Because a lot of people don't realize they just go to greet a dog, reach over their head, pet them on the forehead. It's a very intimidating body posture and especially a child's energy coming at an adult dog that might be timid or fearful. That's asking for a dog to snap and bite and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And you do have to be careful about their subtle cues. A lot of people say there's their dogs bite out of nowhere. There's always warning signs, but they're not always blatantly obvious. Mm -hmm. Something as simple as their ears are pinned back or their head is tilted to the side or their whole body is kind of holding back. Like there's, tiny little subtle cues that happen within a split second that to the untrained eye, it looks like it came out of nowhere. But okay. people like us who we go into clients' houses all the time, we can see them happening as soon as they start, but it's, mm -hmm. you have to practice with it. Right. It's not something that can be easily recognized. Not all the time. No. <laughs> That's the scary part. <laughs> right. Um, so you should definitely look out for the subtle cues that yeah. they have right before an attack. And then you should ask the company that you got the dog from what was their history before yeah. being adopted. And if they do a sleepover process, just so that it can be a gradual thing. Mm -hmm. um, even like a family that goes to a shelter, ideally, in my opinion, I think that family, if they decide, oh, I really like this dog, they should go meet that dog five to 10 times before they're like, hey, we're bringing you home, especially with kids. It's mm -hmm. different with single couples without children because they're adults, but right? Children and dogs either mesh really well or they don't. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, it, and it's scary because the children are right on their level too. Okay, great. Yeah. So then before we wrap up, what are your just main takeaways, just key advice to give to families um, all different types of families and different parts of their life. What, do, what would you say to them if they are, if they have dogs or they're interested in getting them? Like with kids, like, mm -hmm. um, I would say take it slow and steady. Try not to rush things. Um, make sure that everything that they expose that dog to is in a positive manner. Don't try to like force them into, using a doggy door right away if the dog's like cowering in the corner and don't let their children corner them in the living room like guns blazing <laughs> right yeah um again i want to reiterate never leave a child and a, especially an adult dog but really any dog unsupervised because things can happen in a split second and then your child might be end up being fearful of that dog and that's what you don't want to right yeah yeah because yeah. then it's like you've had this dog for 10 years now all of a sudden you have to make some sort of choice and that's right. going to be difficult. Yeah. And, yeah. and like I said in the beginning, baby gates and play pens are ideal. Um, a lot of people don't like the look of baby gates, but when you have an adult dog or a child that is kind of like a hit or miss situation, it gives them private alone time, but they also can be exposed to each other in a safe distance. So it's mm -hmm. a, they don't have to be on top of each other. Okay. I swear by baby gates. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. Well, you've got, you gave me a lot of homework. Thank you, Aislinn. <laughs> I am going to have to get a baby and YouTube videos and I'm going to go get a stroller sooner than I thought. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I saw some, um, another woman walking around McCarran Park with her dog and stroller and the dog was like dragging. I was like, I looked at Frankie. I was like, you, if you do that to me, you're getting kicked to the curb. <laughs> yeah. Because if the baby goes flying, they have no defenses. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'll be so mad if I'm like trying to balance a bad stroller and like pull a dog in. So right. we'll work on that. I'll tell yeah. Mike as soon as I get out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's very important, stroller walking and dogs. It's it's tough, but it's doable. It'll make it easier for grocery shopping. Well, then we'll get used to having like this carriage. It'll be filled. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Ready for the groceries now that you have this baby. Right. <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> you carry the baby. You know, yeah. carry. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate all of your advice. You're welcome. I'm so excited for you. That's so cool. Yeah. The Unexpected Podcast is recorded and produced by Deborah Brooks and is sponsored by the Sit Down with Mike Racine Podcast, SLP's Wine and Cheese Podcast, and the Dad Show with Mike Racine Podcast. For more unexpected content, head over to www.patreon.com slash Deborah Brooks CCC SLP. If you love the show, I'd appreciate a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week.